This, 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 this is mythical. Welcome to Ear Biscuits. I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. This week at the round table of dim lighting, we're tackling the issue of self-promotion. The question is how do we feel about self-promotion? There's a lot of well, that. we never promote ourselves. We're constantly making stuff and then you gotta promote it. And I'm not, you know, I'm not apologizing for it. And I would say, specific, but there's a lot of psychology. Not just, I mean, we promote ourselves all the time in our own work, in our own properties, right? Yeah. This is not. We're not going to talk about that as much as we're going to talk about when you got to go on other people's shows, make media appearances, have a media day, and promote yourself. Yeah. So we're going to pull back the curtain on what that's like, what our experience is, what our our raw assessment of that. It seems like we have a negative view on it by the by the tone of our conversation at this point. It's but definitely mixed. So because it's mixed. Um we're just fresh off of uh our Bleak Creek conversation. And we're just tour. fresh. We're just fresh. I mean look at us. All black, man. Look at this. Look at these guys. Where are these guys going? <laughs> I'm actually not that fresh. I'm I'm a, I'm a little bit jet lagged. You know, uh, we're recording this on a what is it? What day is it? To Tuesday? To Tuesday. I uh, feel I feel better today. You I got you, back Saturday. You don't night. feel like you bounced a little bit today? Uh, no. You went to the gym this morning. I did not right? go to the gym. See, that's it. Going to the gym bounces you into the into the day. I thought about yeah. not going, and yeah. you should have gone. You should have well, gone, man, because I feel good. I was right going to go. I want to fight somebody. I was going to go yesterday. Sometimes I get that feeling. I want to fight somebody. I'm in that mood right now. Well, you're not you're not going to get that from me. If you start fighting me, I'm just gonna roll into a ball. I'm kind of dressed like a boxer. You know, like he's got well, a hoodie you're, you're and like You're just a wearing hat. a hoodie. Boxers wear hoodies. Well, yeah, they wear hoodies. They do things like this. They wear sweatpants and they jog. They wear like. And they jump rope when they, and when they come to the weigh-in, they pull their hoodie over their hat. And sometimes they also have headphones on like this. I kind of feel like maybe I should get into that. Is, so, it, too, is it too late to get, get into that? Logan Paul thing, I think that's probably that's probably already happened by the time you're, you're hearing this. When 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 fighters weigh in and they're wearing headphones, doesn't that doesn't that make them weigh more? Yeah, it's when you want to weigh. It's when you want to go up to the next level. Please count my headphones. No, you that's you illegal. come you come to the weigh in like that, and then you strip down into some colorful underpants. That's the way I do it, at least. So what I was trying to say was, we are fresh off the Bleak Creek Conversations tour um, for. The, you know, for the past week um, prior to recording this episode, we've we've been touring, doing what you might think is just a book tour, but we we tried to make it really special. And like we had the 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 documentary of us going back to Bowie's Creek, uh, and then like making all the connections to how that ties into Bleak Creek. And we also released that on Good Mythical Morning, so um, we're basking in the in the public response to that, which is I'm very encouraged by. Oh yeah. But again, with the time change and the and the being on the road and a lot of flights and a lot of self promotion, a lot of talking about yourself in other people's places, you know. Um, so we're going to unpack what that experience is like. But coming back home to my place, like it means it's it's so important to me, you know. <laughs> I just yep. start thinking about yeah, I want to be on my bed, I want to be in my bed, I want to be on my toilet, I want to be on my couch. I wanna be in my backyard, I wanna be with my family and my dog, you know. I started thinking about, I thought, pining for these things, especially when in self-promotion mode. Right. So we took yesterday off, 
We didn't see or talk to each other. No. So let, let's start there. Let's start with with our yesterdays. I I had an interesting yesterday. Uh, Christy had a had a proposal for me. I was like, hey, let's let's hang out. Sent the kids off to school, and she's like, let's go get a pedicure. And I'm like, okay. Any anytime you're paying somebody to like do something to you, I'm I'm up for that. You know, a little self pampering. But what I forgot, I, I pedicures suck. I've man. had a pedicure once. I don't like people touching my feet. It was on. It was it was at the hotel we were staying at, and I think like Cabo or something with Christy and I. That's were the only there. that's the only time I've had one. And I I had forgotten that I decided at that time that I did not like pedicures and I didn't want another one. Yep, that's when I decided. I remembered that when I was getting this pedicure yesterday. Here's the thing that I specifically remembered. It's not just that, and I agree with you. I don't like people. I don't like people touching my feet. For the longest time, when I got a massage, I would say, "Nix the feet." I still say that. I don't. I don't want the feet. You know, there's like some tickling involved. But here's the thing for me. It it brought back traumatic childhood memories. I was deathly afraid of my toenails being clipped. I certainly wouldn't do it myself, and my mom wouldn't. Um, I would throw what I call a conniption. I would throw a tantrum and start. What would, age are you talking about? Um, as young as I can remember. Uh, I mean, maybe f- four or five years old. But I think it, I'm pretty sure it continued into at least like second grade. So after I knew you, I wouldn't, I, w- I wouldn't. It, my stepdad, Jimmy, Mom had to call Jimmy and uh, like grab my ankles and hold them down so that she could clip my toenails. Like you, I was, what are you scared of? I was afraid of it being uh, cut and like bleeding happening. Like, man, I am really afraid of like trimming nails too short. That, whew, that's like nails on a chalkboard to me. That doesn't that doesn't freak you out. You ever had a nail cut too short? Well, yeah. It's not. I mean, I don't look. I, I don't look forward to it. It hurts. It bleeds. I don't have a phobia. Up and there. then what makes it even worse is that then you have to wait for like for a week or so for it to grow out to the point where it doesn't feel like. I just start to feel like my, the whole end of my finger is gonna start yeah. well, got, nubbing I off. I got nail problems. I mean, like you see what's happening there on those. See that? See how it detaches? Yeah, you got a lot of white and it's well, white it's, ends, it's but it's so, not like a French manicure. It's psoriasis. So you get psoriasis under your nail beds and it, and the nail detaches. So this will go all the way down sometimes. And then it'll just Is go. that from, I thought you determined that was from diet. No, no, I've, ta- I've talked about I thought your that. diet would fix it. Well, my diet causes it to not be nearly as bad, but it, yeah, I still have flare ups. There's none on this hand right now. But you, you have it on see, your toenails too? Uh, not as much on my toenails, but you can see uh, like if when, if I were to cut that down, that nail down to where it needs to be, like there's a lot of like fleshy part. Like that's a normal. This is a normal person's nail. Like yeah, the, like nail, the nail goes nail. to the end of the finger. Yeah, that's great. But that doesn't happen on any of my fingers anymore, except that index finger because I've got nail problems. Well, I'm in there, and it's like I had to start like doing some deep breathing techniques. I didn't want to complain or like bolt out of there. I was like, maybe I can. Maybe this is like. Therapeutic for me, like facing my fears. That's not what 
the pedicure's about though. I mean, I, well, I was, appreciate you I trying to about ch- change your me. perspective, but so I'm like you're supposed some, to enjoy it. I'm doing some like deep belly breathing, and like, and then on my my big toe, apparently she, yeah, I wouldn't say I have an ingrown toenail, but she but did. It, it kind of goes, it goes in on the side, and I cut the thing a little too short. So then she's like digging in there, mm. like trying to do some sort of operation. And I'm like, oh gosh, this is, this is horrible. Does your wife enjoy it, or does she enjoy the results? I think she enjoys it. Some people don't. There mi- was a little bit of a leg massage. Some people don't mind their feet being touched. I got over I don't, that. I don't enjoy like the foot massage part of a massage. Just makes me laugh. I cannot just enjoy it. It feels it. It, it either feels like it's ticklish, or it just feels incredibly uncomfortable, but there's no, like it doesn't feel soothing in any way. And trying not to laugh makes it more uncomfortable, right? Cause then you're like, you're kinda like squirming. Cause you don't wanna laugh. Like why not just come out and laugh? Because laughter's a nice release. Yeah, cause then you just seem like the Joker. You don't wanna <laughs> do that and you're just <laughs> laughing in awkward time, well, no, times. no, I, I think they would understand that like, hey, it's ticklish. They've, they've encountered a ticklish person before. Yeah, so it's not like they would, Think you're demented or something? How do your toes look though? How do your nails look? Great. Uh, good. They they weren't painted or anything. I would definitely if I'm going to take that much time for something, it's definitely got to be a massage next time. Can't it can't be the pedicure? Yeah. But I I think there are people who like they never let anybody touch their toes. That I, no, I said that backwards. They never touch them t- their toes themselves. They only let other people do it. So it's just like oh I don't I don't trim my nails. Somebody does that for me. You think that's true? I uh, think that's got to be the case. Yeah, I'd say a lot of people, rich, rich ladies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But rich ladies don't let, don't touch their toenails. They let other people do it. It's hard to get down there and like really give it a detailed working. Um, I didn't get a pedicure yesterday. What'd you get? Uh, manicure. A manicure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I did think about getting a manicure. I'm not gonna let him. I mean, what what are people gonna do with that? There's nothing. There's nothing they can do. Oh, they can do a lot. Shine it up. Um, trim it down. But tame those cuticles. The uh, the unfortunate thing is that both of my kids were sick and had to stay home from school. Oh. And uh, and so then Jesse was like, "Well, I mean, I feel like we should stay here with them." And I'm like, "I feel like we should leave them to themselves." <laughs> I mean, Dad got a day off. He was thinking he was going to get to have a day date with his wife. Yeah. And so I still wanted that to happen. Sure. And she was like, well, what are they gonna eat? I was like, well, there's a kitchen. You know, there's a kitchen there, there's food in there. How, how sick were they? Were they like bedridden? Or it's, they're just like sniffing? They were like, uh, it was a cold and maybe a little bit of a fever for Shepard. So it was like, oh, this wouldn't be responsible to, this would be irresponsible to let them go. To school, yeah. Um. So did you leave them? Yeah, we did. Left you win? Them. Yeah, I, and then Jesse. And when would, you came back, were they all right? They were still there. Yeah. So uh, good choice. I mean, Jesse would say things like, "She was. She told him. She said, okay, there's some pasta. There's some pasta in the refrigerator that you can like some um, ravioli type thing. You know. Okay. Some of that. It's like the in the, the it's the, it's in the fancy Italian section of the. I call it the fancy Italian section of the frozen of the the cold part of the grocery store. Where it's like the pasta that isn't frozen, it's in that plastic oh, thing, yeah. and you can throw it in there and boil it up, and then you feel a little bit more like a chef. All you did was boil some pasta. 
But it was never frozen, so it's like. It's yeah, it was never fresher. frozen, so it feels fancy. Yeah. It feels kind of like, you know, the Italian food version of a pedicure. Yeah. So, um, you're, so you're, giving, you're just throwing that at the kids. Well, they can make that. Lot can boil that. And then Jesse's like, well, what if he doesn't turn the stove off? I'm like, well, it'll just be, a, you know, it'll be a stove that is on. <laughs> right. <laughs> because yeah. stoves can be on, right? How long a stove is on doesn't necessarily increase the danger, right? But the, this, the burner could be off, but the gas could still be on. Then you got a problem. That's a problem, but that's kind of hard to do. Yeah. But I did, I did text Locke and said, hey man, if you turn the stove on, Make sure you turn it off. And he was like, okay. And when you got home, what was burned? Nothing. Nothing was burned. That's good. They had they were they had full bellies. And so, uh, but what did you do? Uh, I went to a restaurant. Okay. Had a brunchish thing. Okay. Had a brunch. And then we went grocery shopping. Oh <laughs> yeah! Now we're to it. Yeah. Romance. When it, I mean, I could spend a lot of time in Whole Foods. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Whole Foods. It, it Whole Foods is kind of like th there is a sense of discovery when you go there. Yeah. Unless you go there a lot. I, I, don't, I don't I don't go there a lot. So you yeah, so it's kind of like, "Whoa, they got they got this fancy they got a lot of fancy crap." Well, and then it's like I wanted so to it, come home and I wanted to grill something. Okay. And they just have the meat section is just so impressive. The meat section? The have you seen the meat section? No, Whole Foods. I mean, it puts other meat sections to shame. I'm more of a like be, the weird beverage. They got weird and, beverages and yeah. peanut butter spread sections. They got that too. What What did you get? Chicken thighs. That doesn't seem odd. No, I it mean, seem very... there, there was a lot of things that I could have gotten that I couldn't have gotten anywhere else. Like they had a giant, just a giant tomahawk. Steak. Oh yeah. Just I mean, that's kind of just intimidating. Scene. You don't, like you don't, I don't even know if it would fit on my grill. And you don't want to mess that up. And um, can't go wrong with chicken thighs. But I do want to get one of those at one point. Daddy cooks a tomahawk, and then I just come in, holding it by the bone, and let the family eat off of it, like a giant meat drumstick. You could rent like a cave. You could like I'll go into a cave. No, I want to do you it. Wear in like the skins. You could show up with a big hunk of meat. And, uh, but no, I got chicken thighs. Man, chicken thighs. Can't beat a good chicken thigh on the grill, man. I, I put some rub on them. Boneless? No, I Skinless? went. Skinless? I went bone and skin on. Hell yeah. Uh, even though I, I, I talked about getting boneless, but Jesse was like, no, 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 you gotta get the bone in. You gotta get, and I understand why. It's just a little, it's a little nastier to eat. Because of because of because of the dark meat, and you get down to the right next to the bone, and no matter how well you've cooked it, it's a little pink right next to the bone, and you're kind of like, "Did I cook this enough?" Oh, and you're asking yourself that question. Uh, but no, uh, put some rub on them, and then I cooked them on some hot coals, charcoal. Then I put uh, some barbecue sauce on at the end and let it caramelize a little bit, you know, blacken them up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Also grilled some. Poblano peppers oh. along with them. The California Fire way. roasted poblanos. Cut those up, put them in the middle of the table, you could have them along with your chicken. Everybody was happy with dad for a little, for at least for a little bit. Okay, that's good, but your toes though. 
I had, my toes were in shoes the whole time. Nobody, I think your toes saw. need work. I I've seen them occasionally. Those nails. I mean, I think you could use really stand to benefit. It's not a. It, it needs to be done. No, it's it's not a lack of care. I, it has nothing to do with care. It's genetics. Yeah, I could I could get. They can buff it and shape it and do and do something. I don't. Why? For who? Who would it be for? You? Because <laughs> it's not for me. I don't care. I feel like the way your nails grow, they like grow up and out. No, they grow. They they hug. They hug the end of the toe. They oh. don't. They don't. They don't grow out. They just go around the toe. Well, that's good. Maybe you never need to cut like them. Like a then. claw. Like a. It's like a. It's like your toes have a helmet. If you let it keep growing. Um. A little nail helmet. I keep them trimmed for the most part. It's just you know they're just it's a real long ways for you. They're just unsightly. Did you get down there to that toe? I don't try, I, to be honest with you, and this is probably, I, I, this is probably sexist, I just don't trust a man with gr- good looking feet. You know, I just, I, I, I feel like he's up to something. That explains why whenever we have an important meeting or interview, you, you ask people to take off their shoes and socks. Right, and if it's a man and he has like spectacular feet, I'm like, some, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I can trust you. Yeah, that's probably sexist. <laughs> It's probably multiple things. I'm just being honest. Speaking of being honest, I wanna be honest about what it's like to to do the self-promotion. So we're gonna get into that. Apartments.com has more rental listings than anywhere else. So finding the perfect place is easier than ever and so is finally moving in together, just the two of you. It's a big step. Lots of new responsibilities, lots of adjustments. Most likely, they'll wake you up at odd hours to go to the bathroom. And you'll most definitely find yourself in trouble coming home late for dinner. They may even unroll all your toilet paper next time. It's just what happens when you two find a new place together. But you're not doing it because you feel like it. No, you're doing it because you love them, because they're family. And that's why Apartments.com has more pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. Did you know that's what we were talking about? Pets. So that you and your furry family can find the perfect new place together. Apartments.com, the place to find a pet-friendly place. So we had a, well, we I think on the calendar we called it Media Day. It, this was the, the the day in particular. We did a number of things, but the day that I'm thinking about in particular is Monday of this past week when we're recording this, in which we had to in New York City. We had to get up. I'm just going to give an overview of the day, and then we can get into the details. Okay. We had to get up, get dressed, go to the Today Show first. I think so, yeah. Then we had to go to uh, Condé Nast, who owns uh, Wired Wired and Vanity Vanity Fair, Fair, do three videos with them, and then immediately go to The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, and then go directly from The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon to the Bleak Creek Conversations, and that's why we showed up at that particular show in our suits. When I say it like that, it doesn't feel like it was a whole lot, but it certainly felt like a whole lot at the time. Well, especially with the time change. I mean, it's three hours difference, so you're you're having to get up, and you, let's just say three hours earlier than we normally would. It definitely so had like, not yet adjusted yet. So that's kinda, and it, was, and it was the second or third day of having been on the time, you know, that's when the jet lag really hits. So 
It was it was pretty difficult, but I mean, you go on the Today Show with all these. I mean, with the television shows, it's true of Fallon. It's, it's true of the Today Show, um, and any other appearance like that. You do this pre-interview where you're kind of talking to the producer in order to, you know, they know what you want to promote. It's like we're talking to them about the novel so that they can find a touch point that works with their audience, so they can ask us a question that then, you know, we can say something that'll resonate. But then you also, you know, you got to try to get a, f- a funny story in there, or like play a game, or a pa- apparently, you know, they're throwing more and more things at at guest appearances in order to get people to watch them. We yeah. can unpack that more. But I think when we went to the tonight, uh, the Today Show and the Tonight Show, it's like we kind of knew based on that, the the pre-interview with the producers what it is we were going to be doing. But I will say that that interview went, uh, it was very short, uh, it, but it went a lot, it actually wasn't what we had been asked in the pre-interview, unlike Fallon, which we can get into in a second, but I, you know, it's, um, well, let, let's back up a little bit and talk about thinking about what we were gonna wear because okay. that, that was the first thing that happened. So, all right, we have uh, this wonderful stylist, Kimmy Aaron, who, is the the person who helps us figure out what we're gonna wear when we make these media appearances. If you think that we look good on Jimmy Fallon, you can thank Kimmy Aaron. Mm-hmm. Um, and she also put together these looks for the Today Show and then. We had another day of stuff Chica- we needed to do. A Chicago thing, yeah. So I think that we have this, we've discussed this, we're comfortable in two different modes, typically, when it comes to what we're wearing. And that is casual. Whatever we would wear on Good Mythical which Morning. Which is whatever we would wear on GMM. Which is basically what we would wear, you know, if I was just getting up and going about my day. Right, and then we have very dressed up, sharply dressed like we were on Fallon, full suit, tie, socks that match, et cetera. I like to wear, I like to wear it's fun to get dressed up every now and again. And Especially we, when it's something that's important to us that, you know, you can be justified getting that fancy, and a lot like of people, being on the Tonight Show. A lot of people take a different uh, tack when they go on the Tonight Show. Saw uh, Tyler Ninja. He went on the Tonight Show in a hoodie. He was dressed like I am right now, like a like a boxer getting ready to. Well, let's say a, let's say a gamer. He yeah, was dressed like a gamer, and so he was like, "And okay, I'm not." And then every everybody does a different thing. I was like, "We're like, no, I mean, so we're going to dress up," but the. There's this what you might call a no man's land for us, yeah. Which is this? Would you call it business casual? Well, it's called the way we looked on the Today Show. Yeah. So I had this like black jacket over a turtleneck and these tan pants and these black shoes. I would very rarely, if ever, choose to wear any of these things for myself, right? I mean, I thought you looked good in it. I mean, the pants that I wore were purple pants from a suit that I had, but then I had this sweater, this like thin, very dressy block pattern sweater that I wore with I it. I thought it, yours was a little less. I, I actually would, would not, I, w- I, w- I would wear that on like a nice date. But not really, not in LA. There's very few places where yeah. you go on a nice date. Like you don't go out, at least I don't like go out for a date in LA, even at a really nice restaurant and, wear, and like wear a blazer. 
Yeah. I don't just like put a blazer on over stuff. I just, that so, but, that weird in between stage is I just can't find a way to be comfortable. But for but, the Today Show we were given that, we, we were we we were given something in this middle zone, the things that we And we had a choice, wearing. I will say that we have a choice. So Kimmy comes in, she has a spread of different clothes and, she's, and so she's going for this sort of updated, like well I would say elevated casual, a little bit dre- dressed up but a little bit dressed down look for the Today Show because that, if you look at what people wear on the Today Show, that's what they wear. And so, uh, and also you're thinking about like, it's funny because we have conversations with our publisher who's, who says things like, you know, mostly moms are gonna be watching the Today Show at the hour that you're going to be on in mm-hmm. the, the fourth hour of the Today Show. Um, and so you, we want to, we want you to impress moms, <laughs> right? And you need, and say something about the book that would make them want to buy the book for their teenager. So then we picked out these outfits that we just described to you, uh, and then we packed them. And then we're like, we're talking on the flight, and we're like, man, that's it's like we're like fretting about these outfits. We're like, man, this, I don't I just don't feel comfortable. comfortable. And I'm I'm saying things like, you know, your jacket's so big. You're already so big. It's like, you make me look small. Why you gotta wear this big ass jacket that makes me look even smaller? And so like, that's my qualm. And you're like, well, I'm not even comfortable wearing this anyway. I We don't have to talk about that, but I, I think that's in your mind. It but. is, a, yeah, it was my, it was my overthinking of the ensemble. But you're like, I don't even wanna wear this anyway. I don't feel like it's it's not us. I don't feel as comfortable. It's like all the stuff that you just said. And so then we tell Jenna, we're like, so uh, we're thinking about not wearing the clothes that Kimmy picked out. We're thinking about wearing the slightly less dressy clothes that she picked out for the Chicago thing on the Today Show. Yeah. So she's like, okay, I'll get those ready. And then we get a <laughs> we get a text <laughs> from Stevie. <laughs> And Stevie's like, uh, so I I heard you, you guys are thinking about not wearing the uh, the clothes that Kimmy picked out for you for today's show. <laughs> and I was like, oh, here we go, because <laughs> I could tell. And this is now, yeah. this is obviously we have an incredible relationship with Stevie, and we've been working with her for how many years? Has it been seven or eight years? And this is the nat- this is often the nature of our relationship. This is what we want her to do. In fact, when you wished her happy birthday the other day, you That's said right. thank you for supporting us, disagreeing with us, and blankety blank. Right. Because she's very good at what she does. And she's usually right. <laughs> and so she was like, well, I do think that you, you want this to be an elevated look, you are trying to impress moms and I think that, and she like sends us the pictures of, because you take, once you get through in the wardrobe, you take a picture of yourself. She's like, this is what you're thinking about wearing, but this is what you could be wearing. I think you should go with what you could be wearing. And uh, I'm like, oh, she's probably right, but I just wanna be comfortable and does it really matter anyway? Who's gonna watch this? I start, I start thinking things like this. I'm like, is this is going on this show and talking about this book for 45 seconds gonna make anybody buy it anyway? Like that's the kind of yeah. thing I start thinking. It's easy to start thinking that, especially when you start doing it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm like, listen, okay, we're not gonna die on this hill. Like Jenna brought these clothes. Oh, but, then, but, then, but then Jenna, so, we had that conversation with Stevie and I was like, okay, we'll keep talking about it. I didn't make, we, neither of us made a definitive decision. You got off of the tech text thread 
I think he went and worked to work out or something. You're like, I'm not gonna talk about this now. Yeah. So after some back and forth with Stevie, then I text Jenna and I'm like, okay, well, we may wear the other clothes. And she was like, I thought you might say that and I've already got them ready. <laughs> and then yeah, she, she knows and, what's up. And then she was like, I agree that that's what you should wear. So, okay, Jenna and Stevie now both think that this is what we should be wearing to impress all the moms watching the Today Show in the fourth hour. And so that's what we did. We you know, wore it. It, it and it's all a game. So I'm uh, looking this, looking at this as like a case study. There's there's two different ways you can look at this. As as a listener, I'm thinking. One is yeah, th this is a game, and maybe you can see how it gets. It can start to wear on you because it's like <laughs> no pun intended. Okay, I'm wearing something that I wouldn't naturally wear even on a date, and but I'm doing it so that I can reach this perceived mom demographic, it's like, ugh. But then, on the other hand, it's like, you got somebody who's bringing in like a spread of clothes and we just go, you know, we're trying all this stuff on and somebody makes us look elevated. And isn't that fun, you know? And I mean, it's definitely fun to, and it is. I think both are true, you know? it's a, Especially when you talk about the suits and like being able to like, look your finest and go on the Tonight Show for um, not the first but like the, I think the sixth time? Yeah. You know, it's freaking awesome. So it's like. No, it's great. I, I, I We're not complaining. It's just, it's just, I we think it's amusing the, the games that you have to play when it comes to marketing. Well, you know? I will say that in the moment, in the moment it is difficult for me to enjoy. Yeah. Um, I am often, um, when that day, when I saw, I knew that day was coming, right? I was like, okay, we're gonna do the Today Show. And the day, by the way, for those of you who might be confused, if you were following along during the week that we it, we recorded the Today Show, but then it it shot it, it aired that Thursday or Friday. So, but all this was done on the same day. I was thinking about that day, and you have so little control in those situations. Like when you if, for every situation that we were going into. You're, it's it's we're not in control. We're not hosting. It's we're on somebody else's show, mm -hmm. uh, and I definitely don't look forward to it. I actually start thinking about. I, ha I have these like fantasies about being in my hotel room at the end of the night, going to bed. Yeah, and that's not a that is not necessarily a healthy way to see that day. When you wake up in the morning, you're thinking about. Oh, I just want to be back here going to bed. Because I I'm anxious about the stuff that I have to do, and I and I and I don't want to overblow it. I'm not like it's not a debilitating. It's not like a true. It's not like an anxiety disorder. I don't. I'm not like super uncomfortable. It's just like I have trouble getting myself to enjoy this. I'd rather be doing this on my own terms, you know. Uh, but then you know, in the in the moment, especially depending on what it was, I think, you know, when we were on Fallon and we were performing a song that we had written when we were 14, I was legitimately having a good time yeah. at that point. Yeah, that you was know? amazing. But for the Today Show, I mean, I mean, the morning shows are like zoos. I mean, it's just like, with all the cages open, it's just everybody's going everywhere in cramped quarters and you're being, you're being shoved here to wait and then come out here and then, oh, let's meet the host and oh, they're putting blindfolds on you and you're eating a sandwich that they made. <laughs> it's like, and we knew we were gonna do that and that was funny. And then we did the interview 
and it was like, okay, we knew we were gonna, we're gonna get a couple of questions about the book. We get the first question, and we, cause we wanna talk to the moms about the novel. <laughs> you know, we got all dressed up for you, mom. We're gonna hear, you wanna hear about this novel? And so they ask you, what's the novel about? And I, and you're like sharing what the novel's about, and then I'm like, okay, I know what my follow-up is, just to kind of clarify, you know, what I think is gonna resonate with the viewer. But I didn't even have a chance to get that in because they move so quickly. You're giving your answer about like the brief synopsis of The Lost Causes of Bleak Creek. And right on the heels of that, she says, you guys wanna play a game where we zoom in on food and you guess what it is? I was like, whoa, oh, okay, sure. So, you know, I've heard uh, Joe Rogan talk it's about It's like being this. in a rock tumbler. Uh, Joe Rogan has talked about the fact that he's like, I hate doing morning radio and I don't wanna do like appearances and interviews. So I just have this podcast and I just tell people that I'm gonna be somewhere and they come to my shows and they sell out. And you know what? He can do that because he has the most popular podcast in the world. We can't do that. If we just told you guys on GMM and Ear biscuits about what we were doing. A lot less people would find out about it. So we, we we don't have the privilege of being able to make that. But I understand the impulse because uh, even the way podcasting in general. I mean, obviously we don't do interviews anymore. But you know, the way that everything is put into these really bite sized pieces. Even when you've got a, a daily show like the Today Show, which I guess goes for four, is it four hours every day? Yeah, let's, I don't know, it's at least four hours every day. And Well, at least three, but Because we were in the fourth, they said we oh. were in the fourth hour, so it's gotta be at least four hours, right? Yeah, that's when they, they, they don't worry about the news anymore and they start zooming in on pictures of. Right, and food. so if you have got to talk and fill that time every single day, you would think this might be a place for a slightly slower paced, relaxed conversation about something. But no, even in that, four hours of content, it's gonna be what's your book about? You say one line and you say, all right, let's play a game where we zoom in on food. Mm -hmm. That's just the nature of the medium. I'm not necessarily complaining about it, but I'm just saying you have to know that that is the environment you're going into, as opposed to when we made the appearance on uh, the Dead Meat podcast um, and and we, Pete Holmes podcast, yeah, we're and, and the books on the subway podcast, which we basically did in New York. Any, any, podcast, any podcast, any podcast, you can be like, I'm going to talk about this at my own pace, and I'm going to get to say the things that I want to say about it. Which, by the way, um, if if you're, uh, I do recommend you listen to those podcasts. We get in if you if you're reading the novel right now and you're into the, the details of it, but you you want a spoiler free conversation. Dead Meat James podcast, Dead Meat podcast. Um, was a really fun discussion. Yeah, James and Chelsea. Um, and then similarly, spoiler-free podcast conversation on uh, books on the subway, like a off-the-rails conversation. That one went places. Um, so yeah, and then particularly for uh, You Made It Weird with Pete Holmes, uh, two hours of talking about a lot of topics that in, in you know, Using the book as a jumping off point, we talked about um, lots lots of things in the realm of faith that yeah. uh, it, I don't think we've ever talked about. So if you're interested in that, uh, definitely check out our, our guesting on, on Pete's podcast. But yeah, when it comes to podcasting and that, that pacing, podcasting gives me hope. 
because it is that conversational drawn out, go in deep. I mean, what we're doing right now is rewarding. It's a rewarding experience for us and I'm just glad that people wanna listen. Well, and I think there's also an authenticity to the platform, not just given the You could the have dressed that, a little more elevated, I'm just saying. Exactly, so <laughs> it's like, why are we, why are we worrying about this pretense? And that, in, in, as you listen to us talk about this, you, I'm sure because you've chosen to listen to a podcast, you've chosen to make guys who make primarily internet videos a part of your entertainment landscape. Mm -hmm. If you've made that decision, then you probably have chosen that because you have a distaste for the traditional way things are done. You're not watching the Today Show. You don't wanna see these prepackaged clips that are moving at this ridiculous pace. You, you, you don't wanna think about, oh, those guys are dressed like that, not because it's who they are, but it's who they think someone else wants them to be. I understand that that might be a huge turnoff. We're just kinda being really honest about the way that we're talking about it because um, it is, a game, when you go into someone else's territory and you're, the whole point is to be there to appeal to their audience so very frankly you can sell more books because you believe in what you've created and you wanna be able to write more and you want this thing to break outside of your fan base, you kinda have to swallow some of those things. Well you don't have to but we have chosen to without any shame to swallow some of those things. Uh, but I But I would say that it is the more laid back, more authentic, new media appearances that are more fun. But to, and, and you know the traditional television media, it's you see how they're they're being informed by the internet. It's like y your point about the Today Show was you'd think that by the fourth hour that they could stretch things out and get a little more conversational. Obviously that's not the case because we're sitting there like, uh, Quickly, I mean, our segment was so short, even in the fourth hour. If you don't and stop and so many zoom things. in on food, somebody's going to turn it to Good Morning America. Apparently, right? Is but that it, the theory? But it, well, it really, I mean, it it kind of mirrors what what's happening online in terms of clickbait, and you've got, or I'll say the way that even the Tonight Show and all the talk shows have to create content that then works on the internet, you know. So it's we found ourselves in situations that were not that different than Good Mythical Morning because of how the landscape is changing. Perfect example. The next day we 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 flew to Chicago and we were on the Windy City, I think is the name of the show. It's like. I think it's the ABC the affiliate. Chi yeah, the Chicago, the Chicago version of the Today Show basically, or Good Morning America. Um, and you know. I think that's actually airing today. We. Um, that we're recording this. We never sat. We never sat down and had an interview. We said a couple of things about the novel. They held it up, they, they plugged it. Um, but we played this game, what do they call it? I don't know, but it was it was feeling squeal. It yeah, was, it was you put your hand in a box and then you guess what, what it is you're feeling. Now, the night before on The Tonight Show, the, 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 the guest before us was Reese Witherspoon. And when she first came out, she put her hand in a box and tried to figure out what it is she was feeling. She played feeling squeal. Now I'm not saying that The Tonight Show and The Windy City have copied us in something we invented. I don't even know if we invented it. I don't it. know. It was an Vanity, idea that was waiting to happen. Vanity Fair did something called The Fear Box and it was very much the same thing we were doing with feeling squeal but 
and who cares if it was before or after? It's an obvious idea once you start thinking of let's have guests do things. But that's what everybody's doing now. It's like you find yourself in Chicago on a morning show and they're playing the same, they're playing the same thing that Fallon's playing, well, the same thing that we're playing. And not to mention on the Today Show, the whole zooming in on something and guessing what it is. Well, we've done that as well. Again, yeah. this isn't a, hey, we did it first. I, we're not saying we did it first, but there's a we make a show that is, the, the pieces of the traditional shows that are designed to then be viral or to break out or to make it seem more fun, well we have a show that is built primarily with those sensational things in Good Mythical Morning. And so the conversation that we started having yeah. was, and again, I, I, I think we talk about this all the time, I mean, while we're traveling and while we're uh, supposed to be enjoying uh, hey, we got a book that's out and people are responding well to it and we get to go on the Today Show and we get to go on Fallon. We just continue, it's our mode to just continue to work and to discuss and to figure out what are we gonna do next? I actually have more fun doing that <laughs> than not doing it, so it's fine. But uh, what we kept saying was, hmm, you know, we're constantly trying to innovate in lots of different ways but also within Good Mythical Morning and it's just like when you go to a, for lack of a better word, a local news show in Chicago and they're doing the thing that you do on your show, it's kinda like when your mom got on Facebook and you yeah. were like, I don't think Facebook is for me yeah. anymore. Yeah. The thing that we started thinking is, all right, we gotta do something else. Now that they're doing it for the moms, now we gotta do something new that they, if they, they can copy that if they want. But I kinda feel like the pressure to be like, all right, this has gotten all the way to this point. Let's uh, let's find something else. Which is which is a it's a conversation we're constantly having. We're constantly trying to invent new things, but especially towards the towards the end of a year when we're like we're starting to think strategically about what twenty twenty looks like. We're just scratching the surface of that conversation. Yeah. But when it comes to Good Mythical Morning, it's like. As we talked about with ear biscuits, evolve or die. And we don't have the answers. And so I actually, I'm at a pretty unsettled point because unsettled. I, I think we've started. Even with a fresh pedicure, you're still unsettled. Uh, yeah, sadly. Interesting. I, because I think we've, we've identified this challenge and we said, and we've, you know, you, you read the tea leaves in the Windy City show and it's like, if they're doing what we're doing, then we need to be doing something else. So it's 100%. like so it's like not knowing what that is and and absolutely knowing that it's not it's not a big drastic change that happens overnight. You know, I, I the the way that everything's set up with the way that we produce good mythical morning it's more like how do we how do we how do we continue to evolve? Not how do we drastically change what the show is. But even within that evolution like knowing strategically like what are we What's the what's the long view? Identifying the problem, but then not yet having the answers to me is an unsettling point. And I think we, I think we, I I feel a little bit more engaged in the challenge of it right now than I than I have over the past few years. I think when it comes to Good Mythical Morning. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's and it's by no means not the only challenge that we're facing. I mean. Creatively, there's lots of things. We're I, trying I think to it out, was but. it was interesting that we've been having this conversation about innovation, um, and then we go 
and basically every single appearance that we make. Well, let, let, like let's well, also let's talk about the fact that you know we 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 I don't I don't know when those videos are going to come out the ones that we shot for Vanity Fair, but we'll just talk about them. It doesn't matter. You know, we did it. We basically we did a lie detector thing, right? Well, we already done a lie detector thing. We've done a lie detector thing on our show, and we've also with done our it, moms, but that's not what you're talking about. But we've done a lie detector thing for BuzzFeed, I think, like two two years ago, right? And now we're doing another lie detector thing with whatever outlet that was Vanity Fair. And so, uh, I, I think it's a funny video, but you what you start you start to get this sense that everyone is doing the same, they're seeing, they're looking out, they're seeing what works and then mm -hmm. they're trying to do it. Some people just do it exactly the way that they've seen it done. Um, and, it, and it works yeah. until it stops working. And so, and I think we have to be the ones to find the next things that we're gonna try that other people will emulate. Well, it's a, and it's a, I mean, it's a tall order. And we, and we, have, a, we have an incredible team uh, and they're coming up with things all yeah, the time. Yeah, when I, I say we, I mean all of us as a team. I'm not just talking about the two of us. But I'm just saying that it's, the question that's in my mind right now, and I don't know if I'm gonna be able to articulate this way in, in a way that makes sense to even me or anyone else. Try it in Spanish. Uh, well, that would be even harder. Uh, it that would be muy difícil. Is okay, that, is okay. That, is okay. That, you've proven your point. Hold on, is, I think I just that was French, French and Spanish. Spanish. <laughs> Yeah, okay. El Francais is yeah, what yeah, you just right, did. Yeah, yeah, You know, well, I, France and Spain I mean are, 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 are close to each you other. You said you didn't there know. There are some people who probably speak Frenish. You said you didn't just know did if it. you could articulate your point and then I made it even more difficult, yeah. I'm sorry. That's, well, you specialize in that. Oh Ped gosh. Pedicures and derailing. Um, but the. Uh, it would have been funny if you'd have just ignored it. I don't when I said know Spanish. if, to me it feels like it's not just finding the next box to stick your hand in, right? What's the next version of a box to stick your hand in? A box to stick your foot in? You know right. what I'm saying? Like there, you can get you can get really close to it, but really, what we're talking about, we're talking about a genre. We're not talking. There's yeah. evolution within a genre, and then there's the genre of it. There's an evolution of the genre. Evolution within the genre or evolution of the genre? Right, because how, yeah, and it, I mean. And you, because you, you talk about food, you talk about us eating so much food you can on find our show. It, you can find different ways to, no pun intended, That's a genre. slice it. And uh, you know, it's like, okay, well, let's eat things from different places. Uh, I specifically remember, you know, we still do come up with some ideas. I specifically remember uh, when the international food thing was birthed, birthed or yeah. pitched to us, and it was like, "Hey, we're going to play a game where you guys eat something from uh, international fast food location around the world, and then you have to guess what country it comes from." And then I was like, "Is there? Can we make it physical? Can we make like what if we had a map and we threw darts at it, and that was the way that you guessed?" And that became a format that like no one else is doing, right? Um, and then when we, the shuffleboard thing, it was an answer to, hey, let's guess when things came from and what's a fun way to like interact physically with a timeline and somebody was like shuffleboard. And so now, now we do that with shuffleboard. Yeah, and then we, on our last tour, we started throwing axes. So I come back and I'm like, now in the same genre, in the same, we also call it a bucket of like, the, the f guessing using some physical challenge. 
And let's do that with Axis. Now we haven't done that yet, but we're gonna do it and I'm just saying we're gonna do it so if yeah. somebody does it before us or has already done it, I don't know about it and we're, we are gonna do it. It's tough to keep up with who's done what, that's for sure and there's a lot of like uh, convergent idea ideation on the internet where you end up doing the same thing just because everyone is thinking, everyone is, this is the, this is what I'm trying to articulate in, Fran, yeah. in Franish. Yeah. Is that everyone is ideating in the same landscape, kind of in the same ways, and I think that, and I don't know if we're capable of it. Let me just say, I don't know if we're capable of it, and I don't know if you can do it within GMM and not kill it. But I think the challenge that we're trying to approach is just like, how do you level up the genre as opposed to just reinventing the wheel and just making it a little bit flashier of a wheel? Yeah, and because you, you look at Fallon, how long can Fallon just have top-notch celebrity guests come in and put their hands in things or drink things, the same stuff that we're doing. He can probably do it a lot longer than we have because it's a television institution. And as much as I'd like to think, and maybe for some people, GMM is starting to feel like an internet institution, it's like we, we cannot, we can't rest on on that whether it's true or false, I don't know, it doesn't matter to me at this point. And you know, what matters is is creating things that, we, that we're excited about within the context of the show, if I'm just looking at the show, and then, you know, that we also think will work, and that it, that is a challenge. I mean, when I, um, on one stop on the Bleak Creek Conversations, we, we would always answer questions from, from the audience that were tweeted at us, and one question, uh, let's see, because I'm trying to remember, I don't actually don't remember the question, but the answer was basically, uh, well, why do we, why do we want to write a novel? And we talked about our passion for storytelling and um, our, our ex once we had the opportunity, then our excitement to mine our, our shared experiences and our friendship and like pour that into a novel. And um, so much of it was about story though. But then the thing in my answer was, there was another side benefit um, something we didn't anticipate uh, with saying yes to the huge project of writing a novel. And that was, it It really got us back in touch with the roots of our friendship. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so we, want, we created that documentary in order to make the connections between the novel and our friendship in order to, I mean, not just to sell the book, but I mean, honestly, that's part of it. But I yeah. think, um, but then it became such a, such an important project, just the documentary part. I think it was so important to us to reconnect with our friendship that we wanted to make sure that not only ticket holders to the conversation events, but everyone who wanted to see it, who's a fan of ours could see it. And that's why we put it out as three episodes well, of Good Mythical Morning. As we're recording this, we're in the middle of the second day and we're already seeing the response. I don't know how many views it'll end up getting. You know, I think it's, I think part one is doing pretty well. It's, here's the ironic thing, right? This documentary of us going back to our childhood homes and part one is literally visiting our, where we, the homes we grew up in, is not taking off as fast as a video that's just about food, right? Uh, however, there are a lot of people who are voicing their opinions about it and saying, I love seeing this kind of content from you. I love when you guys get out into the world and, and obviously, uh, you can't, there's no, there is no world in which we turn Good Mythical Morning into that because uh, 
I think even if you've never edited a video in your life, you probably have some appreciation for the fact that those doc, those documentary, the three-part documentary was uh, a lot harder to put together than an episode of Good Mythical Morning. Like exponentially more time went into that. Sure, so we can't, I mean, that can't become Good Mythical Morning but and that's not what's on the table. Seeing the people's response to it, uh, because it, it, it literally is taking putting into the GMM flow something that's completely completely unexpected and completely outside of the genre that we've established. It, just, it, it I'm not saying it's all oh, we're going to move into that direction. I'm just saying that it shakes things up and it gets us it gets our minds working. Well, I think in a different way. I think I, one thing that we know it already did was I I hope this happened. I think that it it reminded people that the reason why Good Mythical Morning works is because of the deeply rooted friendship. It's not just about what are they gonna eat and gag into a trash can, you know? And I found I found myself saying that in answering a question at the conversations last week and then people started applauding. It's like that, that I mean, I didn't, we didn't talk about that with every stop, but I think that Well, it's, the people who've, who've made a decision to come to a Bleak Creek conversation, that's a very particular group of people. Sure, and and those people are like guys. I'm I'm on board, not just to watch you eat. I'm on board because of who you are and your friendship, uh, and so we 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 get that. It, it but it's an interesting dance, right? Because if you if you lean completely into that, you we probably wouldn't. Here's the ironic thing. Again, if I could speak Spanish or French, I'd be better at saying this. But the ironic part of this is that because we've chosen to create Good Mythical Morning in a certain way that is designed to kind of go out there and take advantage of the way people's online behavior on the platform of YouTube, the way the algorithm serves up videos and the way people click on things, the titles and the thumbnails and and all that stuff that goes right into that point of decision of somebody clicking on the video. Because we've done that for seven years, 16 seasons, we then have the privilege to write a book make a documentary, get people to buy the book, get people to watch the documentary, put it on a channel where you've built this momentum doing all these things and they finding the balance, I feel like is the real, is what we're trying, we're trying to find the balance. That's what we're trying to achieve. And just to clarify the balance, is it a balance between two things? What are those two things that you're saying? I'm saying that you can't just go completely on one side of the spectrum, which would be like confessional. Ev- well, well, I was going to go to the, the, the other side first. Okay. The the I'm just trying to get you to click on a video. That's all I want you to do is to just click on a video, and I don't care care whether you are an existing fan or a new fan. Just want you to click on a video. And then you've got the complete opposite end of the spectrum is like, I don't care about the algorithm, I don't care about the machine, I don't care about the game, I just wanna be my unfiltered, authentic self, and I don't care about schedule, I don't care about how often we upload, I don't care about it being a reliable thing that can be there every single day, it's just this completely authentic, if I feel like it, I will make a video. That's an, that is a part of YouTube, and there are people who are successful in that place. It's like I couldn't make a I couldn't make a video for the past month guys because I've been doing X Y and Z. We don't ever do that. We say we probably shouldn't have made videos for the past month because we're doing X Y and Z, but we still gave you 20 videos this month. <laughs> you know, or 40 or whatever the number is. So 
Yeah, I don't know exactly, well to, to bring it full circle back to self-promotion, right? Which is where this conversation started. Um, I do think that whatever the answers end up being to these questions and what what is striking a balance and how does that work, I would I will say that I am personally much more interested in and excited about that documentary going out to our audience and them being able to make the connection between oh this is the world you guys grew up in this is like you tweeted if you want to know why we are who we are then watch this making that connection between us and then the work that we put out right mm-hmm. bleak creek is a incredibly deeply personal expression of our highest creative aspirations. Not only is it something that we feel great about that we crafted it, but we feel great about the fact that it is so tied to who we are and I would much rather be able to do that on our terms, being able to take that documentary and put it on a sh- in place of a show where we usually just sit at a desk and do something having the privilege to be able to do that, I'm much more excited about that exercise than I am going on somebody else's show, wearing the right thing, saying the right thing to get the right audience excited about the book. I'm gonna keep doing that. We're gonna keep doing traditional promotions for the things that we need to do. But what am I personally excited about? I'm excited about the medium that we have freedom in, you know? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately we're not, the real choice before us, the thing that like I'm, uh, you know, just trying to, that that we're wrestling with, it's not a choice between do we promote on other people's podcasts or do we make our own right. thing? It's like there's not we're, actually a dichotomy there. We're gonna, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna do both of those. Um, well, I guess what, what just happened in this conversation was we kind of pulled back the curtain more on like where our minds are, you know, with, it, with our own content, which again is what, that's what we care so much about and it's like, um, promotion is always going to be a part of that, but we might be dressing a little more elevated than we we would have expected. Maybe maybe we'll just go. Maybe let's next time let's just go. Let's go in long johns. Yeah, that would that would be. Let's just go in. Will they let us on? If the flaps are up, I don't know what the conclusion of this conversation is. Like you said, we've let you in on. I think a we little, should. Little, we've opened the flap of the front of our long johns and let you oh, in to, to this intimate conversation about the creative process. Maybe Way to make them feel great about it. <laughs> well, I want them to get out of it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I don't want them to get too. Right, we're opening, too, we're too, opening too. the back flap. Now you're gonna, you're gonna yeah, exit. Yeah, go right out. Uh, but we got a, we got a wreck. Uh, it's, it's my wreck. Yeah. Uh, wreck, baby, wreck, baby, one, two, three, four. Um, all right, fine. You know what? I'm gonna, why don't I just turn the wreck into self-promotion? <laughs> yeah, that would be appropriate. Um, well, I, d- I do think since you've listened this far on this Ear Biscuit, uh, maybe you have an appetite to hear us talk more and more. So I I would recommend th- those three podcasts we did, I think we, uh, we're proud of those conversations. If you're, if you're really into, uh, we talk about the novel in each of them, you know, of course, we're promoting that, but if you're really into horror and like our thoughts on that, it's a horror is a hard word for me to say. Demi James is a good one. If you're into just like Rhett and Lincoln random off the rails mode, the books on a subway, am I getting that right? Books, books on, on the subway. Books on the subway. And 
if you if you want an unfettered into un uh, uncharted retin link conversation territory uh because Pete Holmes loves to talk about um faith and uh you know philosophy yeah so he gets into it um and brings us along for the ride so we talk about lots of things uh in that 2 hour conversation on you made it weird so those are my three wrecks. After all wow, that, three we're, we're freaking promoting. Yeah, no, I'm you freaking really, promoting myself. You're not, you know, you're promoting three other people's podcasts. Yeah, I am, but I'm yeah. only promoting us on them. Right, but maybe they will get into those worlds. They'll open up those flaps. See what's yeah. inside those long johns. You know, I, I'm Pete's really got interested. Long johns too. I'm really interested um, on what you thought about this conversation. Use hashtag Bleak Creek and let us know. Whenever we talk about like what we're thinking about Good Mythical Morning, I started getting nervous because I get nervous that we're making fans nervous because I know that there's so many that's like, hey, this is part of my daily routine. I don't want any, I don't want there to be any inkling of anything that threatens that. And I don't, that's not what we were talking about. We're just choosing. But I do get nervous. We're just, you know, just because mom and dad are <laughs> in the kitchen having a little bit of an, like they've raised their voice a little bit. It doesn't mean they're getting divorced necessarily. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> no, I think that we have. But if they do, it's your fault. No. <laughs> I, I think that this is an effort. Well, Ear Biscuits has slowly evolved in itself, right? And has become a place that we're more, that we're just, we're just talking. It's just two buds talking. In fact, two that's probably talking. the biggest change that we're gonna make in 2020 is this, it's gonna be uh, two buds talking, formerly known as Ear Biscuits. That's the first big announcement that we can make. <laughs> no, we're not gonna do that. And um, no, nothing, nothing's gonna change in a way that, um, nothing's being threatened. It's just we're letting you in. We're letting you into the conversation a little bit. Hashtag Bleak Creek, that's your way to engage. Oh yeah, because we, we are, we don't know what the timeline on this is, but we are gonna do an episode where we do a spoiler-ridden, uh, not a spoiler-free, but a spoiler-full uh, discussion of the book for anyone who has read the book, and so we're gonna keep giving you some time to do that. Make notes of your questions or observations. Anything, you know, it's not just gonna be questions. Uh, and if you haven't read the book, you don't wanna read the book, I'm hearing that a lot, where well, you can hear the book yeah. on Audible. Right, more more self-promotion. Yeah, well, we just, you know, we wanna talk about it, and we wanna talk about it as a family. Kids come downstairs, mom and dad, have something they wanna discuss with you. It's the book they wrote. <laughs> <laughs>